1: And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast, and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you the reality is usually scoffed at, and conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. We're live on iHeart Radio, on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes, or shoot me an email at Right Now Jim at gmail.com. Want to get something off your chest? You can call the vent line at 772 245 0750. That's 772 245 0750. Maybe we'll have a summer of love. That's what the Seattle mayor responded when uh, asked about why she was allowing a violent Antifa and Black Lives Matter protest to take over a major part of her city. She said, well, it's just maybe we'll have a summer of love. Well, last night, marked the 25th victim killed in this summer of love, these so-called peaceful protests. And the latest victim is named Garrett Foster. He was a Black Lives Matter uh, activists that was parading around uh, the streets of Austin, Texas, with an AK-47. Um, they had blocked the streets, and a motorist was trying to go about his daily life and uh, and honked his horn at him. At which point, the uh, the rioters gathered around his car and started uh, beating on it. And Garrett Foster uh, had the stupidity to approach the 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 uh, The car with his weapon shouldered, but he's pointing it at the ground, of course, has freaked the passenger out who promptly shot Garrett Foster dead. But all across America, there was a lot of gunplay. Gunplay is becoming a a bigger and bigger part of these peaceful protests. Here is uh, the aforementioned Garrett Foster, who uh, was interviewed before he was shot and killed by this motorist. Tell us a little bit about your gun again.
0: Oh, it's uh, AK-47. Uh, Why'd well, you got it out tonight? They don't let us march in the streets anymore, so gotta yeah. practice some some of our rights. You feel like you're, you're yeah. you
2: it? No. I think the, uh, I mean, if I use it
0: against the cops,
3: I'm dead. And uh, I think all the people that hate us and, you know, want to say shit to us are uh, too big of uh, pussies to stop
0: and actually do anything about it. So, man. why'd you
4: start carrying?
0: Well, our roommate.
1: Seems like, uh, Mr. Garrett Foster uh, miscalculated. He thought that he could uh, run around the streets, block traffic in, in Texas, and that nobody would do anything about it. You know, there's a big debate breaking out about whether or not Garrett Foster, in fact, pointed the gun. And the, the photograph that they're pointing to that shows that he didn't point the gun, apparently they're too stupid to realize that just because he's not pointing the gun at the motorist in the photo doesn't mean that he never pointed the gun at him. But the photograph that they're using shows him uh, right up next to the man's car with the, his AK-47 shouldered, and he's pointing it toward the car, but, um, you know, down. <sighs> if you're sitting in a car and you've seen the outcome of so many of these violent protests with uh, innocent people being shot and killed, you don't wait for him to, you know, the half second it takes for him to raise it and point it at you. You defend your uh, yourself and your residents. There was another standoff out in Eugene, Oregon, where a uh, a protester, again blocking traffic, pulls a gun on uh, uh, the motorist, and the motorist pulls his own gun and points it back at uh, the protester, the rioter, and uh, and they're standing there or they're sitting and standing there with uh, guns pointed at each other, a a so-called Mexican standoff. (laughs) <laughs> let me tell you what uh, something if somebody's pointing a gun at you and you're pointing a gun at them the first person that shoots the trigger wins so you can never risk having somebody pointing a gun at you and you should never point your gun at anybody else unless you uh, intend to shoot them so uh, that that's that's a bad tactic thankfully though that uh, that standoff in Eugene ended without incident, but yeah, gunplay has become now a regular feature of all of this. Out in Louisville, the the Ain't Effing Around Coalition it's a uh, a, a black militia, armed black militia out of Atlanta. You probably remember them last from their uh, demonstration at Stone Mountain. They showed up in Louisville, Kentucky to protest uh a police uh killing out there and there were hundreds of them I'm, it's it's a uh, impressive in and, and uh unsettling sight uh they march in um formation they're all wearing this black uniform and they're all heavily armed well the only thing missing is they don't actually know how to use their arms safely one of them shot another protester um by accident at which point they uh they called um you know for the ambulance to come and save the victim of course the white uh ambulance crew showed up and all of a sudden they didn't hate white people as much as they thought they did and they allowed that uh, that victim to be transported also in aurora colorado um they, they were out on the expressway i-40 trying to block the expressway and uh one of the drivers objected to it, at which point they slashed his front tire and started beating on his front uh, on his, his car. When he fled the scene, one of the protesters pulled out a gun and, and fired it at him, missed, and shot another protester on the other side of I-40. <laughs> oh man. But these, uh, these riots were nationwide. Louisville, Atlanta, L.A., Denver, Portland, Seattle, they're getting more and more violent. The mainstream media has shown no interest at all in uh, calling these riots what they truly are. You have to wonder how many people are going to have to die. How many buildings are going to have to be burned and people's businesses being destroyed? And how many cops are going to have to be sent to the hospital before this fake news media stop, stops referring to these as peaceful protests. They've got it in their mind that if, you know, if the majority of the people protesting aren't engaged in violent acts at the same time, then the at any given time, the, the r- riots are mostly peaceful. That's their story and they're sticking to it. I, it, it. You know, Ali Veltje was the one that sort of set the standard when he was standing out in the streets in Minneapolis With fires raging around him, the whole block was burning, including a police precinct. And he said, well, by and large, this protest isn't unruly because at the time, the majority weren't actually in the act of setting fires. (laughs) That's their new standard. Out in Seattle, um, the police chief actually sent a letter out to, to local businesses and residents Telling them they're basically on their own. She said it's, her name is uh, Carmen Best. Please know the Seattle Police Department is committed to addressing safety incidents and calls for service. But please also know that the City Council crowd control tool ordinance goes into effect this weekend. The ordinance bans Seattle police from using less, less lethal tools, <coughs> excuse me, including pepper spray. It is commonly used to disperse crowds and uh, who have turned violent. Simply put, the legislation gives our officers no ability to safely intercede to pr- preserve life and property in the midst of a large, violent crowd. It is important that I bring this to your attention. She's basically telling the residents they're on their own. City Council has tied my hands. There were some uh, uh, arrests. I think they arrested 20 Antifa violent protesters out in Seattle. They, they were setting fires. They, they burned a, uh, uh, a detention center, a youth detention center that was under construction and, and several other things. They, uh, they set fire to a Starbucks, and that Starbucks was located in the ground floor of an apartment building, so they could have you know been a mass casualty incident there. But they arrested 20 of these Antifa rioters, and it turns out that 13 of them were high school teachers. I pointed out the, the number of uh, high school, uh, well, teachers in general and community college professors who were participating uh, in these Antifa riots. But this is the starkest example yet. Out of the 20 they arrested, and I don't know why they're not arresting hundreds. I don't know why they don't have school buses uh, loaded up with these violent protesters but 13 out of the 20 were school teachers and you keep looking for some sort of intelligence behind all of this what do these protesters want well we want to abolish the police you want to abolish the police while at the same time you're assaulting people and burning down the city Uh, that's not a reasonable demand They say the federal law enforcement officers should butt out and leave the federal courthouse. Well, we know what would happen if they did. It would be burned to the ground. And uh, uh, Joel Pollack points out on Breitbart that this is exactly what they were saying in the run-up to the Civil War and during the Jim Crow era. Federal officers uh, have no authority, you know, locally. And and when the federal officers uh, started to be attacked, as they are be, being attacked in city after city across this country, it precipitated a, a, a civil war. Stand by, we got to run out to a break. We'll be right back. Mojo. Son, tonight we look after the North Pole while Santa delivers all the holiday goodies. Wooden ponies, dolls, Xfinity. Xfinity? It's only the awesomest internet ever.
5: The whole family can enjoy fast, reliable internet speed and great coverage all at a great value. Plus, advanced security is included at no extra cost with Xfinity x X-Fi and the x Gateway. Just log in and activate through the Xfinity app. Choose the speed that works for you. Up to gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed.
1: So, the summer of love marches on. You know, what has amazed me is none of these mayors or governors have invoked a curfew. Nobody peacefully protests at 2 a.m. in the morning. Each and every one of these is a, a, a riot. If you are the mayor of a a major city, you're responsible for the safekeeping of uh, your city, the safety of your citizens, the protection of life and property. And there were rioters gathering late into the evening and early morning hours, assaulting police officers, setting fires, destroying your downtown. Don't you think that it might occur to you to issue a curfew? (laughs) Well... The only, th- the only conclusion you're left to draw is, in fact, these these mayors are Antifa. Antifa is, you don't declare membership in Antifa. It's not that kind of organization. You share their goals and you support their tactics and you participate, and that's exactly what they're doing. Garcetti, the mayor of L.A., actually said that uh, he supports what the rioters are doing in Portland, which was a, a a giant welcome mat being put out for the uh, Antifa in L.A. to do the exact same thing. And guess what? They took them up on it. Over the weekend, uh, in addition to attacking the federal building out there, uh, they invaded uh, police headquarters and defaced and vandalized the w- memorial wall of L.A. police officers that were killed in the line of duty. Uh, I don't, you know, at some point this is going to have to be put down. The longer we wait, the worse it's going to get. Apparently though, uh, this, uh, these lockdown orders, these, uh, uh distancing, social distancing requirements don't pr- apply to the protesters. I think that's going to piss more people off than just about anything else about this. They're demanding that people shut their businesses, stay indoors, wear masks, not visit loved ones and relatives in hospitals, not have funerals, not go to church, and at the same time they they don't utter a peep about these thousands of people in the streets, marching shoulder to shoulder. Well, there another shoe is dropped in the investigation into the Steele dossier, and it turns out that the. The source of all of Steele's fiction wasn't a Russia, at least not a Russian living in Russia. Steele himself had not been to Russia in over 20 years. This guy that he used as his source was a a Russian-born American with strong ties to the Brookings Institution. Yes, that Brookings Institution, a major left-wing think tank in Washington, D.C., and they interviewed this guy. Let's see if I can pronounce his name. Uh, well, stand by with me just a second. His name is Igor. They call him Iggy Danchenko, 42 years old, an American living in suburban Washington. I think he's in, in Alexander, Virginia. They interviewed him uh, at the congressional hearings, and he replied that um, it, was, it was just rumor and innuendo. It was me and a bunch of my dr- drinking buddies sitting around in the evening talking about this stuff. What it was, it's quite clear now, is a, just a collaborative work of fiction. There was no truth to it at all. It was just a, a smear job. It was never really intended to be intelligence It was oppo research where they just uh, made stuff up, fed it to Christopher Steele, former MI6 agent to, you know, give it some uh, veneer of or sheen of legitimacy and then injected into our political system by the Democrats. The most destructive political party in the history, well, at least of this country. Here's Devin Nunes, who has uh, been the leader. You may remember
0: a couple months ago I was on your show and I talked about that we were really looking at three Russians. And as Senator Graham said at the beginning of the show, it ends up that we actually weren't looking for a third one was actually not a Russian at all. He actually sounds like he lives here in America. Uh, And, you know, the FBI led Congress to believe. That And the media led Congress to believe, and they led the American public to believe, that somehow Steele had this really super-secret source that nobody could know about. Well, it ends up that he used to work for the Brookings Institute. Uh, It looks like there were a lot of connections to the Brookings Institute, uh, which, for those of your viewers who don't know what this is, this is like the prominent left-wing think tank uh, here in our nation's capital, so we're investigating now and have been we, we had these links earlier on people may remember the president
1: it was a brookings institute a non-profits not supposed to engage in politics doing oppo research or at least providing a a a russian so-called source for steel to to gen up this hit piece on um on the Trump campaign here is uh, uh, Remember when Robert Mueller, who's supposed to be investigating Russian interference in the election, but never took a look at the dossier, turned a blind eye to all of that. He wasn't supposed to be looking at the Trump campaign. He was supposed to be looking at Russian interference. So maybe that's why, because uh, this guy was was no longer living in Russia. But remember this at the uh, hearings.
0: When you talk about the,
1: the firm that produced the
0: steel reporting, uh, the name of the firm that produced that was Fusion GPS.
1: Is that correct? I'm not familiar uh, uh, with, uh, with that. I, well, I, you, let me just you, uh, <laughs> I'm not familiar with Fusion GPS, says Robert Mueller, the guy that just finished an almost two-and-a-half-year, $40 million investigation into Russian interference, never heard of fusion GPS, who are they? He was not there to investigate. He was there to cover up, to protect the FBI and the CIA from the wrongdoing that they engaged in, in 2016. Well, there has been a major, um, publication, a, a major article dropped by a a renowned uh, epidemiologist, his name is Harvey Reich, on hydroxychloroquine. And he's saying that we have all of the tools that we need to defeat this virus if we use it. He's, of course, referring to hydroxychloroquine and the azithromycin. Inexpensive oral medication been given for 65 years. He published this article in the American Journal of Epidemiology. Title of its early outpatient treatment of symptomatic high risk COVID-19 patients should be ramped up immediately as key to the crisis. He points out that physicians that have been using these medications in spite of this uh, this campaign against it have shown that their patients do very well. And he also points out that these repetitious lies that hydroxychloroquine has been uh, discredited ignore seven major studies that have demonstrated that it is, in fact, the key to defeating this virus. I've got a clip here. This is... Uh, the uh, this doctor on the use of hydroxychloroquine.
4: Oh. I, I'd love for you. So I think as of now, I know of uh, at least two dozen studies, collections of data uh, that all show the same degree of, of benefit. They all show a fifty percent or greater reduction in hospitalization for outpatient, high-risk outpatients when, when used early. And that's important because that's the tool that we have. Now, the question is what level of evidence you need in order to take action. In general, in science, science debates go on all the time in the literature about uh, studies that are done, how how good they are, how much evidence they show, positive versus negative studies, and so on. Here we have only positive studies, only studies that show benefit. So there are, there are no countervailing studies. The studies that show lack of benefit are misdirected studies. Those are studies that are looking at the wrong people, the wrong outcomes, the wrong medications. If you restrict the studies that you that you consider to studies that involve outpatients only, used early, high-risk people, meaning people over age 60 or with obesity or diabetes or chronic diseases or have been treated for cancer and and so on. If you look in those people, you
1: find that the drug works very well. So we've been uh, bullied off by the the Democrats and their mouthpieces in the media from using the most effective uh, treatment to this disease. Here is uh, the Trump campaign spokesperson Murtok over at CNN talking about hydroxychloroquine. Listen to the unhinged um, pushback from Brianna, I can't remember her last name, over on CNN. And
0: you know what? Accused don't, the president of murder not, Tim, because he not- encouraged people. Well, yes, you're on you here talking about hydroxychloroquine. I think you're doing a real disservice to the health of Americans. I mean, if you're going to come on here and talk about how this is a good treatment, when doctors have said, no, it's not. And studies have been canceled because Dr. it's so Fauci himself, Dr. Fauci has, himself has said he would prescribe it.
3: Do you, oh, yeah, do you consider
0: Dr. Fauci a danger to the American people? I do not hear Dr. Fauci telling that, saying right now that people should be taking hydroxychloroquine. He has been asked the direct question, you would it? you prescribe it? And he said, yes. Yeah, but go back and check your He's news been, archives. I, I think, think you'll we're find pretty, that to be the case. I think, you know, Tim, I think you're doing a real disservice to Americans. I just want.
1: So they're on this campaign against hydroxychloroquine, despite the fact that it's been proven. We've got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Matthew Lassiak. He's author of The Drudge Revolution, the untold story of how talk radio, Fox News, and a gift shop clerk with an Internet connection took down the mainstream media. You're going to want to hear this. He talks about... What happened to the Drudge Report in 2016? It was a main source of pro-Trump information, and now in 2020, it's become the main source for negative Trump bashing. We'll be back right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Stick with us. been working at Santa's workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save
0: hundreds on your wireless bill.
5: When you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can get a powerful internet experience and nationwide coverage on the most reliable network. Choose the data option that's right for you. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet based on root metrics by IHS Markets. Root Score reports 2H 2020 of four mobile networks.
3: Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.
1: And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five Zero Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America-first perspective. Matt Drudge is one of these mysteries wrapped in an enigma. After using his popular website to help Donald Trump get elected in 2016, he's now turned against the president and uses it to hammer Trump daily, often very dishonestly. Drudge has been labeled everything from the Walter Cronkite of his era to a dangerous menace. But actual statements from the notoriously reclusive man himself are extremely rare. To discuss this, we're joined now by Matthew Leszek, He was an investigative reporter for the New York Daily News, covering stories like the Trayvon Martin case, BP oil spill, and the tragedy in Newtown. His new book, The Drudge Revolution, The Untold Story, How Talk Radio, Fox News, and a Gift Shop Clerk with an Internet Connection, took down the mainstream media. The book will be released tomorrow, and you can pre-order it now on Amazon. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jim. I really appreciate it. You know, this is a very timely book. I've been trying to figure out what's going on with uh, Drudge for some time. I stopped going to his site, but it became such a habit over so many years. When I sit down at my keyboard to uh, see what's going on in the news, my fingers will automatically start typing out Drudge report. <laughs> but you know, we know almost nothing about Matt Drudge. He, uh, he I remember he came to prominence about a decade ago when nobody else would touch the Monica Lewinsky story. He broke it on his site and uh, has never turned back. I think it's the number one aggregator site on the Internet. What did you find out when you were writing this book? So I think one of the biggest misconceptions and mistakes people make when they're
2: trying to analyze Matt's drudge and a drudge report is they're looking at Matt through a political lens. My research and going over more than 20 years of the Drudge Report and talking to more than 200 people and going through court documents, what becomes extremely obvious is Matt isn't motivated by political ideology or alliance to a party. His loyalty runs to his website. Um, Let me give you an example. Andrew Breitbart used to be running uh, the Drudge Report as the AM editor for years. And back in 2008, Andrew became absolutely convinced that Matt was in the tank for then-Senator Barack Obama. So Andrew would like post... Do you remember the Reverend Wright story? I do. Yeah. So Andrew would begin posting the Reverend Wright story, trying to get it to gain momentum. And Matt, from whatever location he was at, would take those links down and replace it with something more favorable to Obama. And finally, Andrew, Andrew Breitbart got very upset and and asked Matt why he was doing this and Matt's response was very telling. He said, you know, an Obama presidency might be terrible for the country, but it's going to be great for my website. Mm. And it, it's really hard to argue with, with his results because at least partially, I can't think of more than a handful of people who profited more off of an Obama presidency. those was eight years than Matt Drudge. I mean, his his net worth is north of a hundred million dollars according to published reports. So, you know, a lot of people are wondering, why is Matt, you know, why is Matt Drudge and his website, why is he anti-Trump right now? And I, I, I you know, the answer to me is very obvious. Um, Matt's making a business decision, nothing more, nothing less. Now, whether that business decision ends up paying off, it's a whole nother story.
1: Well, I can't imagine a Biden presidency would be uh, terribly exciting, uh, you know, and, and generate clicks. But Uh, Going with your theory there, it did occur to me that with all of the uh, tech censorship coming out of Silicon Valley, that he may have decided that uh, he wants to get back on the right side of the political spectrum in order to keep them from suppressing his site.
2: I mean, I I think he just wants more page clicks. And if you look back under some of the biggest names in conservatism, they traditionally do better under Democratic administrations. Think of Rush Limbaugh's. Uh, historic
1: rise under clinton right well um Um, what i was thinking is if drudge wanted clicks now as opposed to you know in the next administration then it doesn't make sense to just parrot the left-wing media they already control about 95 percent people about half the country that are anxious to read um coverage positive coverage Of the trump administration have very few outlets but drudge has abandoned them i just kind of you know exploring this theory with you
2: and that's a great that's a great point um now also keep in mind though that matt back in 2015 took a lot of criticism from people for his fierce support of donald trump i mean his support was so blatant that ted cruz in several interviews said that the tipping point in that election in the primaries. And the reason that, that Donald Trump rose to become the general election candidate was because of Matt Rudge's campaign um, in his website. So, you know, and, and that seemed to have paid off very well for him, both in terms of influence at the time and eyeballs to his website. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't exactly – I'm not talking to Matt Drudge, and he's, he, he keeps extremely close, close circle of people he, he does communicate with.
1: He lives out in the but swamps uh, west of Miami. I promise you
2: this. He has a plan. Yeah, he has a plan. And this isn't, <laughs> this isn't a scattershot emotional decision that he's making. He thinks that – I'm convinced absolutely that Matt thinks that this is the best interest of his website.
1: Well, Matt Drudge writes very, very little original content. He's an aggregator. He's sort of become uh, the editor uh, for for most of people's news consumption, or I should say, the majority of people's yeah. news consumption. How did he? Uh, uh, can, what can you tell us about the man? Uh, you know his history, how he came to this prominent position, um, and how uh, how bizarre is it that he has such a huge influence on America? It's It's a fascinating
2: story. Um, I would argue that there is no single individual more influential on the way that we consume media than Matt Drudge. And and nobody knows anything about this guy. I mean, it's a complete reckless. Doing publicity for this book, all these articles coming out, um, profiling it, they're using pictures of Matt Drudge from circa 1998 because he hasn't even had his picture taken in more than a decade. So – as somebody who's kind of geeked out over journalism my whole life and has been a journalist, the idea of pulling the curtain back and seeing what was really happening fascinated me. And the story that I was able to tell about this young Drudge, who grew up in a remarkably dysfunctional family, um, basically with zero education—I mean, I think he finished 355th out of 365 students in his high school graduating class.
1: Where where did he, he able go to high to school? Rise
2: up. Um, Silver Springs, Maryland, near Tacoma Park, gotcha. which is like a D.C. suburb. Yep. But this, this kid was able to rise up and essentially usurp the entire media landscape. And I was also able to tell, like, that broader story about how the pop, this populist wave in media helped usher in the Trump presidency. And when you – you know, everybody kind of wants to know how we got to this place in media that we're at, which is extremely interesting – and strange place. And I think you could kind of pivot back to that moment when Match Rudge um took that Newsweek story that was gonna be held about Bill Clinton and an intern. And, you know, up until that point, I mean you, you remember Jim, we had a few networks back in the nineties. We had Rush, Limbaugh on the conservative side, but it was basically a few editors decided what we had, what information we had access to right. if they didn't want us to know something about Clinton or Reagan or JFK, the public didn't, wouldn't know. And when they decided to hold the Clinton story and Matt Drudge with the internet
1: changed all that with one click of his mouse pad, you could argue that no holding the story. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, you, you could argue that he changed uh, our coverage of news and, and, uh, degraded its standards, uh, because, you know, you see a lot of news now that uh, just goes with one anonymous source, doesn't bother with the old journalistic standards right. of, you know, having at least two sources because they're afraid that somebody like Matt Drudge, and there are more than, you know, there are legions of Matt Drudges now, uh, will break the story and scoop them.
2: Exactly. And on the positive side of that, I mean, I, I'm a fan of more information, the better. Even bad information. Give, give, it, give it all to me. Let me decide. Um, I think we were – the American public wasn't being served very well when these gatekeepers, self-appointed gatekeepers of the media, were filtering
1: what we had access to.
2: But, you know, you take the good with the bad, and it, it's obviously a lot of bad, too.
1: I've heard a lot of theories that, uh, that somebody bought up the Drudge site, and, uh, and that's uh, behind its change in uh, political outlook. And, uh, and even, you know, people have uh, theorized that it was George Soros, another big money globalist that uh, moved in. Were you able to shed any light on that? Theory? Yeah, it, it's not true. It's,
2: it's absolutely not true. Um, I have a scene in my book where Matt Drudge makes a rare visit and it's a public appearance. And it's at Andrew Breitbart's funeral, who was his friend and, and worked for Matt since the very beginning of his website. And Steve Bannon goes up to him and they begin talking. And Matt asks, you know, what, what's going to happen to Andrew's, you know, websites and everything? And, and, and Stan and says, you yeah, know, it's full speed ahead. And Matt looks at him and says, I would never let somebody else put, put their name on my website. When I'm gone, the site's gone. Mm-hmm. And I also had information that a MBA owner who I can't name offered Matt an obscene amount of money for his website um, several years ago. And Matt declined it for the same reason. He could never imagine somebody else using his name.
1: Do you know if there was ever a personal relationship between Matt Drudge and, and uh, Donald Trump? I know that Trump, during t- 2016, sang his praises and called him a great man, but I don't know if they've ever spoken.
2: They have. Um, they had dinner together. They were at least two White Houses. It's one with Dan Calder. But the biggest relationship was with Jared Kushner, and uh, your audience might know this, but dating back to the late 90s, every single campaign had something known as a drudge whisperer on staff, and that was a person who was a campaign staffer whose main job was to form some kind of relationship and hopefully influence the drudge reporter. And I think um, the Trump campaign did really well to choose Jared because he, as a— the former publisher of the New York observer had a history of journalism and knew the impact of Matt. Um, So the main connection between the Trump campaign and Matt was through Jared. And in my book, I have emails from the campaign from Matt Drudge to the campaign, the campaign. So they really coordinated quite effectively to coalesce the, the right to get, to get Trump over the, over the hump.
1: So Matt Drudge, he uh, he grows up in Silver Springs, Maryland. Decides he wants to go to Hollywood. Gets a job as a a page and a uh, a, a souvenir store clerk out at <laughs> one of the big studios. He he gets a lot of insider information, um, you know, by uh, gossiping there. Puts together this graphic free website in the early days of the internet, and and rides this all the way up to a hundred million dollar fortune, living out in the swamps. Uh, of the Everglades, is there any indication that uh, Matt Drudge is uh, is ever you know going to come out and uh, and be a public figure, or is he going to continue to uh, to be this mystery man behind the curtain?
2: So back in two thousand get back in two thousand seven, there was this article written about Matt, and I believe it was in New York Magazine. It was written by Barry Weiss, and it was a fantastic article, and it was the first time. Anybody talked even a tiny bit about Matt's personal life, and it wasn't much, and it was overall a positive article. Um, this, uh, traumatized is too strong of a word, this really disturbed Matt. And a day later, he quit his radio show of 10 years.
1: Oh, man, I had forgotten about the radio the show. That's right. You used yeah. to on Sunday evenings W-ABC, at 10, at 10 o'clock. Sunday nights. That's right. It was actually
2: a really great show, Um, and he he, had a lot of great sources, so he had so much information. But after that article came out, just touching slightly on his personal life, Matt met a friend at a bar, and he said, look, um, this website is going to be more powerful if I can take my face off of it, be the man behind the curtain. And from that point forward,
1: he hasn't shown his face.
2: Well, you He's know, making, now making
1: again, you know, a business decision. Now that you mention that, it was shortly after his his show went off the air that his, uh his site started carrying a lot of very uh uh pro LGBTQ arguments. Uh it, there was uh, never a time when he didn't miss, you know, covering from uh covering from a positive point of view um, you know, gay marriage or uh transsexual ri- or transgender rights. Um is it possible that he's uh, you know, his, his uh, reclusiveness is related to that? Is, I don't it, think so. is he a closeted homosexual that can't come to terms with it or, or it's theorem? Um, I
2: don't get into psychoanalyzing. I don't get into like <laughs> Oh, that's what, what we a, do here. It's a theory, Matt? right? <laughs> <laughs> um i think most <laughs> i think most likely uh I, he's never this is the thing he's never been a conservative he just described himself in the past as a libertarian but he's the, we look at him through this lens of conservatism because his big break came on trashing bill clinton with largely true stories um but he's he that's not who he is yeah that was just tabloid.
1: That. that's just tabloid stuff um it, Really didn't have a, a, a political motivation, I don't think, except, you know, he scooped the entire mainstream media.
2: No, and I have in my book, I have this section on that, on how that all went down. And it was re- it's really a fascinating story because I talked to Linda Tripp. I think that was her last interview before she passed. And Lucianne Goldberg, who, if you remember, was the one who possessed the tapes And Lucy Ann Goldberg was talking about how frustrated she was that the media, she had these tapes, and the media did not want to touch it. So it was out of frustration that she just picked up the phone and called this guy named Matt Drudge, who she kind of knew of but more knew of through Ann Coulter, who was a friend of hers. Well, Lucy Ann Goldberg had her own
1: site, didn't she? Um, She she had her own web uh, news aggregating site. I wonder why she didn't publish it herself. Yeah. It, she didn't have that at the time. Ah, I see. She's yeah. uh, she's the mother of uh, Jonah Goldberg from uh, from the National Review, right? And one of the great, one of the most fun parts about this book was I,
2: you know, going back in time and retracing how Matt Drudge rose to power. There's all these conservative power players like Tucker Carlson, Jonah Goldberg, um, Ann Coulter. The list goes on, and how they were all connected. Um, Kellyanne Conway, George Conway, all these people were really connected back in the '90s as part of what, at the time, was described as the right wing conspiracy.
1: Well, I would love to sit down and have a drink with him. I can't. I, I imagine uh, there's no way in hell he would ever do that because uh, he. he I, I read a story of somebody that drove out to his uh, his compound out there in the uh, in the Everglades, and uh, apparently the landscapers had left the gate open. So he was able to go up and knock on drudges door, uh, refused to answer the door and, uh, and then, uh, raised hell that the guy had the nerve, you know, to, to come out and speak to him. But, uh, he is, which is um,
2: ironic because Matt made his living. He did door knocks, cold door knocks and his journalism. That reporter was just doing good journalism.
1: Exactly. That's, uh, that is interesting. So, Matt Leeshack is an investigative reporter and author of the new book, The Drudge Revolution, The Untold Story of How Talk Radio, Fox News, and a Gift Shop Clerk with an Internet Connection Took Down the Mainstream Media. You can get that book right now on Amazon. It's released tomorrow. You want to get uh, get a copy of that, and uh, it'll be a good read to find out about this very reclusive and mysterious man who shaped so much of American public opinion. Matt, thanks for joining us. I hope you'll come back again. Thank you. I love you. I appreciate it. Fantastic. Take care.
4: mojo
3: This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device
5: to fill your pasta pot and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more
1: at least uh three months of these riots uh, that have been going on in earnest now and old joe biden locked down in his basement has yet to utter a single negative word has absolutely refused to condemn the violence and the mayhem going on in america's streets you wonder um you know why he's been frozen and not not able to come out with a statement, but now the very first signs are starting to emerge that even the Democrats were realizing the damage that this is going to cause them in, in the November elections and have uh, started to take tentative, tentative steps uh, to condemn the violence. Biden had accused federal law enforcement officers of brutally attacking peaceful protesters. Nancy Pelosi, of course, Called the officers stormtroopers and accused them of abducting people and kidnapping them. Even Majority Whip James Clyburn called our federal law enforcement Gestapo, using Gestapo tactics. Los Angeles Mayor um, Eric Garcetti was praising the the riots in Portland. And right on cue, he started having his very own riots there in Los Angeles in which they set fire. Uh, It it was put out, but set fire to a police precinct. Lanny Davis is a a close Clinton ally, and uh, he was the one that uh, one of the unseen hands behind the Russiagate hoax. But he has started urging uh, the the Democrats to distance themselves from the violence we see in the streets. He um, he tweeted that violent protesters lighting fires and using violence in Portland should wear real Donald Trump buttons. That is who they're really helping. Progressives in Portland need to call them out, including the mayor. I'm telling you, people don't realize it, but these, these mayors in Portland and uh, Washington, uh, uh, Seattle, Washington, are in fact Antifa. If you were a mayor of a big city and you had riots going on in the streets of your downtown night after night, after night, after night, your very first, uh, action would be to institute a curfew. The fact that they've not put in a curfew tells you everything you need to know about whose side they're on. You got old, um uh, job at a hut, Jerry Nadler. He had uh, he had someone approach him on the streets in Washington D.C. and ask him about the violence in Portland. Jerry Nadler's response was that it's all a myth. That's a myth, and then he waddled all all over to his car and and uh, and left without answering any more questions. But now the Associated Press, who had been ignoring this this story for months today published a, an account that included a federal officer's point of view. Noticing that they're uh, being constantly targeted outside the courthouse there with laser beams in their eyes and fireworks exploded among them and uh, ball bearings fired from, from slingshots. So I predict in the, uh, the next couple of days, this week sometime, The Democrats are going to uh, to drag old Joe Biden out and put some uh, teleprompter words in front of him, finally condemning these riots. But we need to remember going into the election that this man was so cowardly, so tentative that he couldn't rouse himself to condemn attacks on federal police officers. You know I'm wondering these people who own these professional sports franchises, how the hell did they ever make so money much money when they are this tone deaf and this stupid about their own fans? Sports fans are by and large uh conservative oriented. They are uh salt of the earth type Americans these rioters and th- these people on the left that you see, they're not sports fans. They're, uh, you know, video game fanatics. They don't keep up with professional sports. Over the weekend, uh, the WNBA team, now I know that's not your typical sports fan, but he had uh, two teams playing, and they walked off the court during the national anthem so that they wouldn't have to stand and and pay honor. <laughs> well, first of all, I guess they don't have to worry about alienate their fans because they don't have any fans. Most of the people that you see in the stands at WNBA games are there with free tickets. The uh, Babylon Bee had a cool headline. She sa- uh, It said, Sports fans continue their 24-year-long boycott against the WNBA. (laughs) Ah. I guess if you're giving away your tickets, it really doesn't matter if you're able to put any butts in the seats. I want to do an update on the Three Gorges Dam out in China in the Ube province of China, just upstream from the Wuhan district. You you could say that that is uh, God's revenge uh, sending floods but China uh, the Chinese authorities are now blasting more and more dams upstream from the Three Gorges Dam hoping that the Three Gorges Dam can can hold it's becoming more and more deformed and the Beijing government is is facing crises on so many fronts now not only have they been caught out you know releasing this uh, Wuhan virus on the world But their efforts to expand uh, into the South China Sea, which is international waters, have outraged all of their neighbors in in the region, including Vietnam and Indonesia. They've been exposed uh, for, you know, running a concentration camp and using slave labor. So they're continually uh, discredited on the world stage. And now even great britain has uh has decided that they are not no longer going to use um the 5g technology that their uh, their state controlled corporation runs so these uh these raging rains are still going on this uh this three gorges dam is worried to to break and if that happens there's 400 million people Downstream, that we'd be affected. The loss of life could could outstrip anything in human history, and it would absolutely destroy the China economy because almost all of their industry is located along the Yangtze River. They're saying it's deformed slightly. You can use, look at uh, aerial photographs of this dam and tell before and after that the the dam is in serious serious jeopardy well that takes us to the end of this edition of right now with jim dawes i want to thank you for joining us and i hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the mojo 50 radio network i look forward to talking to you then Son, tonight we look after the North Pole while Santa delivers all the holiday goodies. Wooden ponies, dolls, Xfinity.
4: Xfinity?
1: It's only the awesomest internet ever.
5: The whole family can enjoy fast, reliable internet speed and great coverage all at a great value. Plus, advanced security is included at no extra cost with Xfinity x and the x Gateway. Just log in and activate through the Xfinity app. Choose the speed that works for you. Up to gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed.